Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. A gospel lesson is from the Gospel of John. This is part of Jesus's uh, discourse to his disciples uh, at the Last Supper, their last evening that he that they shared together. And so hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's Gospel. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. We did uh, sense... Easter Sunday and for the four Sundays in April, we talked about the roadblocks of life. I did a kind of a sermon series on the roadblocks of life, the things that get in our way of living resurrection lives, of living as fully as God intends for us to live. Those things that just kind of keep us from not being as full people as we might like to be. And we talked about on, uh, on Easter Sunday about for, uh, this roadblock of forgetting that Jesus is with us and that Jesus knows us, that Jesus loves us, knows us by name, calls us by name. Then we talked about self-doubt, the way that we sabotage ourselves or think that we're not worthy of good things in life or whatever moments of self-doubt that we might have. And then we talked about the uh, the temptation that there is when the life gets difficult, when obstacles are put in front of us, when we have difficult decisions, there's that temptation to want to run away or ignore it, pretend it's not there. And then last week we talked about Jesus as the good shepherd. We had a lot of shepherd imagery last week. as kind of the culmination of that series to talk about Jesus as the good shepherd, to remember that we are part of Jesus' flock. And especially to remember that as part of Jesus' flock, we have many other people around us who are part of that flock. And how even even knowing that we're part of a flock, we still have this temptation to want to go it alone, to not want to ask for help. Uh, And talked about some of the, the social and cultural baggage that says if we ask for help, we're weak, or that asking for help is shameful, or embarrassing some way, even though, and I have to say this is, I think, a a Midwestern thing. We are so ready and happy to help people. We are a very helpful and generous people. Always, someone asks for help, we're there. But we hate to ask for help, even though we know everyone around us 
is eager and would love to give us a hand. And we talked about the, the fiction of the self-made person. And, and each week I gave you a task. And last week I gave you what I thought was a pretty fun task. And that was simply to, to connect with your flock. To remind yourself that you're part of a flock by connecting with someone in your flock. Connect with a, a friend you haven't seen in a while or a family member or, uh, or anyone. So I don't know. Who, who did that? Who connected with a friend intentionally this last week? All right. Two of us. I challenge you, the rest of you, to do this. How did it go? Excellent. All right. Thank you. Well, I, more of you ought to do that. I, I ended up doing it with, with two this week. And it was just really wonderful to reconnect with people. I think we, we often we get so busy sometimes that it, we forget that we have friends and family in our lives. And so I, I gathered with a couple of friends this week, actually with three friends, but one of them, he and I had made plans many, many months ago, so I don't count that as, as part of me fulfilling the challenge. I went down and saw my friend Roger in, uh, in Madison, but knowing I was going to be down in Madison, I thought uh, I'd, I'd be coming back Saturday morning. He had to go to work, so I'd have the morning free, and I thought, I'm going to connect with a friend I haven't seen in a while. So I connected with one. I hadn't seen her in, in two years. In the time that we'd been apart, she went and set up a couple of medical clinics in Africa and got married. Kind of nice to catch up, to hear, hear her stories, to get together with her and to strengthen our connection, and especially to remind me that I'm part of a, part of a flock. And not just one that's immediately here, but friends all over the place. A flock that God has called together, of a flock of mutual support, a flock that is based in love, that's bound by the strings of love. And then I also had a, an idea before I went down to Madison to spend time with my friend Roger. I thought, I'm going to make him some bread. I've been in a big bread baking mode since the thrift sale. So I thought, I'm going to make a couple of loaves of bread for Roger, and because my, my oven fits four bread loaf pans, it's just as easy to make four loaves as it is to make two, so I knew I'd have some extra. So I had an idea. I, was like, I, I posted on, uh, on Facebook as I started to make the bread. I, I posted that I'm making bread. I'm making, I'm making some bread, and then I, did a, I put in a link to last week's sermon to say last Sunday I preached about reconnecting with friends, reconnecting with flock, with people in our, our flock to remind us that we're not alone, but that we are part of a community. So I made an offer. I said, I will give a loaf to whoever responds first, but with the stipulation that you have to come to my place to pick it up. And while you're here, we're going to sit down and have tea or coffee, whatever you like, and a conversation. We're going to sit and catch up with one another. And my friend Anne-Marie uh, uh, took the bait on that one, and I hadn't seen her in a number of months, and I had never spent time with her alone. It's always been kind of a group, a group thing. So we just sat and talked for 45 minutes or, or so and had some tea. And we didn't eat any of the bread that I made for her, but it was still a kind of communion. It was this communion holy moment to reconnect with her, just as it was with my friend down in Madison. They have lunch together. We sat for probably an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more, just reconnecting, reminding us that we are bound to one another. Because it is so easy to forget that we're in a community of love. Certainly here in the church. Churches 
called into this community of love, but also the community of our friends and our family and even the community we have in our schools, in our workplaces. I think workplaces are one place that often <clears throat> we don't think of as a community. It can be a place that we, all of us, we just go there, we do our job, we go home, maybe share some stories, get to know some of the people that we work closely with, but don't think of that necessarily as a community, even though we spend a lot of our life there. And when I look back on some of the jobs I've had in my life, the ones that I really enjoyed, the ones that I felt very fulfilled at, didn't have so much to do with the work that we were doing, but the community. Working at the grocery store, uh, there was an intentional sense that we all ought to know each other's name. So even though I worked in the front uh, as a checker and a bagger, I knew the people in the meat department. I knew the butchers. I knew the people working in the produce department, working out in the warehouse. We all knew each other's names. When I worked at the consulting firm in New York, I knew the guys in the mailroom, the accounting department. Uh, the company was very intentional about making sure that all the support staff, we had four big parties every year, so we could spend time with each other. They'd go to a game, go on a river cruise, uh, something, but to get us out to know one another, and it made the workplace just that much more enjoyable, that much more fulfilling. We are made to be connected. Made to be connected. We're not meant to be alone or to think that we have to be alone. I think that's Jesus' overriding message. He is always bringing people together. Bringing people to him, bringing people into community, and going to those who have been pushed out of the community to bring them back in. To restore women into the community, the lepers, uh, the outcasts, whoever it was, to bring them into community. We are to love our neighbor, which is to be connected to our neighbors. Because we are all God's people. We are all connected. Connected in that vine of God's love. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And we bear fruit by showing love, by being love toward other, toward other people. That's why I, I included that reading from 1 John today. I don't often include the lessons that are from the letters because often the gospel is a lot more interesting and it's more more fun to preach on what Jesus had to say but I, I wanted to read that epistle lesson today of first John because it talks so much about love so rich in what the life of a follower of Jesus looks like the writer says beloved let us love one another because love is from God Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We love because God first loved us. We love as a response to God's love. We are able to love because God's love comes through us, pours through us. And then there's that line in the epistle that seems to be an answer to the question, where is God? When the writer says, no one has ever seen God. It can often feel like God's not around because we don't see God physically. And they ask that question, where is God? But the writer says here, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perpetuated in us. So where is God? Wherever love is being shown. 
Wherever love is happening, that's where God is. God is in our flock. God is in the people who love us. So let them love you and show love in return. You may ask, where is God in Nepal? Well, God is in all the people who are spending days digging, trying to pull people out of the rubble. That's where God is. I mentioned before Abby Russell, the young woman who's been missing. Where is God in that? God is in the people who are giving up their time and their resources to search for her, to get the word out that she's missing. God is in the people who are praying for her, getting the word out. Where is God in Baltimore? God is in the people who are crying out for justice. God is in the people who are trying to end the violence. I think God, you can even see God at work, you may have seen the story, in some of those gangs that got together to go out and try to stop people from burning cars and breaking into stores who were doing their own version of trying to end violence. God is there. And where is God here? Where is God here? God is here in our care for the sick and our care for one another and our coming together for a meal that we'll do after worship for the picnic, coming together in the thrift sale that we, uh, that we did last week. And God is also here and present in the, in the bread and the cup of this table that Jesus has set for us. This table that Jesus has set to invite us in to connect with us again, to bring his flock around him, to share at the table, to connect with us over bread and over the cup. Wherever love is, God is there. That's where God is. That's the good news, that God is wherever love is. Wherever love is, there is God. That's news that we can have faith in and that we can have hope in. Amen and thanks be to God. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.